His goal was to share what God wanted for a sinful people who persisted in sin and rebellion. See, God is so gracious, so patient, that he sent the prophets, that he sent Jeremiah. How does God respond to persistent and pervasive sin? By sending his word. Sending his word to call people back to him in repentance and faith. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Rock Solid Hope in Rim Country. Jeremiah 26, 8-15, March 17, 2019. Can you picture a time when you probably felt like just giving up? Maybe it was a diet that you were trying to follow, or a project, or something in your job. How long did you last before you considered throwing in the towel? Or how long would you have lasted if not only were you trying to accomplish something difficult, but everyone around you was discouraging you and trying to tell you to stop? What about the biggest struggle that we face? It's the struggle to fight against our own sin and to speak against it. This ongoing struggle that we all have. We see the prophet Jeremiah was tempted to give up many times. He had the call to speak out against sin and yet made very little headway. And yet, he never gave up. This morning we continue our series on fighting temptation. And we learn from Jeremiah the importance of continuing, even when many are against you, to speak out and continue that fight against sin. And through his words, we have a lesson important for all of us. See, Jeremiah is one of those prophets that I certainly probably would envy the least. He had such a challenging call, even from a youth. He was to speak out against the sins of the people, and those sins were like a poison that had spread through the whole land. You see, it was so pervasive and so deep that many people didn't even recognize their sin. What was happening in Jeremiah's time was, yes, people were worshiping the Lord in the temple, but in their hearts, they would immediately leave the temple and turn aside. They would call on the name of the Lord, but they would also call on the name of their false gods and idols. They were openly practicing idolatry, and with that idolatry came many other sins, including dishonoring God's plan for marriage, including injustice and hatred. And their, their sin got so far down the path of idolatry, that some of them were even offering up their sons and daughters, Jeremiah says, in the fire to the false gods. The sin, the poison had spread. And this is something that was so far spread that God challenged Jeremiah at one point. He said, go down to Jerusalem, to the streets, look around and consider, search through her squares. If you can find but one person who deals honestly, who seeks the truth, I will forgive this city. And it had not only affected all the people working in the fields and the businessmen. The sin was so pervasive, it had also affected those who were speaking the word of God. And in God's name, the false prophets were crying out lies. For every time that Jeremiah would say, the Lord calls you to repent, this is wrong. A dozen more prophets would say, 
There's nothing wrong. Can you imagine what he was up against? And this sin was so pervasive that Jeremiah reasoned to himself when he was younger, well, maybe, maybe these people are just uneducated, they're poor, they're unlearned, they don't know God's word. That's why they won't listen. Maybe if I just go to the leaders of the people, then they'll listen. Jeremiah said, these people are only poor and foolish. They don't know the way of the Lord. I'll speak to the leaders. Surely they will know the way of the Lord. But the spiritual leaders, the priests, they too had also all turned aside from the Lord and were teaching the people lies. And what about the, the rulers, the princes in the land? They too had turned against the Lord. It was so pervasive that all the way in Jerusalem, down to the royal palace, everyone persisted in unbelief and turned aside from truth. And not only this, but it had gone on for so long. Many prophets, yes, came before Jeremiah, prophets like Isaiah, for hundreds of years. And Jeremiah, he had been speaking now as we get to chapter 26, he had been speaking for 23 years. But the people persisted in resisting the call to turn aside from their sin. God says of them, or Jeremiah says in a lament, Lord, to your eyes not look for truth. You struck them, but they feel no pain. You crushed them, but they refused correction. They made their faces harder than stone and refused to repent. Jeremiah had to have been discouraged as after all this time, all these people, from the prophets to the priests to the people to the princes, all consistently and persistently resisted the word of the Lord. You see, when, when sin is so commonplace and it's so found among so many people, it's easy to simply let it continue. It's easy to overlook something that's taking, taking place all the time in the background as just ordinary. And Jeremiah was called to warn the people against this. So finally we get to chapter 26. How long would Jeremiah go on? Now they not only persisted in unrepentant resistance, now they began to plot and to persecute. It says, when the people heard the word of the Lord and Jeremiah finished telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say, the priests, the prophets, and all the people seized him and said, you must die. And they didn't even recognize their sin. Why do you prophesy in the Lord's name against this house? And while the officials of Judah heard about these things, they went from the royal palace of the house of the Lord and took their places at the entrance of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then the priest and the prophets said to the officials and the people, This man should be sentenced to death. You've heard it with your own ears. When you look at that, maybe you might just think, I'm glad I don't live at a time like Jeremiah. I'm glad I don't have to deal with what he dealt with. But if we begin to think that, might we have already begun to stop fighting the battle and given in to the temptation to be silent? After all, there, there certainly aren't people, not many people, committing open idolatry today. Many people are calling on the name of the Lord. But idolatry can also take place in the heart. 
This sin, this secret idolatry is putting anything above God in your life. How many people are there around you and how many people do you know and how many times has it happened in your life where God is not first but something else takes a priority? Do you speak up? Or is it just so commonplace that we kind of let it go? And no, people aren't offering up their children as sacrifices in the fire. But do we begin to become complacent or comfortable with the fact that in our nation, 3,000 children a day are killed through abortion by their own parents? That's 20% of every child in our nation is killed. And it becomes so commonplace and so, so ordinary that we begin to say, well, why speak up? It doesn't make any difference. Everybody's doing it, from the false prophets to the people to the priests. And not only are they doing this, but the princes and the rulers in the land are supporting further measures. And soon it becomes so commonplace that God's people begin to think, well, what difference would it make if I spoke up? And we begin to say, I'm glad I don't live in a time like Jeremiah. Only because we begin to be blind to the sins in our own life and the sins of the people around us and the need for God's word to be spoken. Jeremiah certainly had it difficult. Can we say we have it any better today? What happens when someone gives up the fight? The fight against sin in their own life and the fight of speaking out against sin in the lives of their friends and their families around them. Jeremiah could have reasoned, there's no use. I haven't made any difference. We could maybe reason that there's no use. Why speak up? It will only cause trouble. After all, it's not that hard for us to speak out and to find that we will say along with Jeremiah, because of the word of the Lord, I am under constant attack from those around me. And I'm the ridicule of everyone. And when we begin to fail to speak up, we set aside that fight against sin. Don't we then deny our Lord? And then shouldn't he, ought he not then to say, well, if you don't speak up, if you don't hold to my word and share it, then I won't hold to you as my people. How did Jeremiah continue? Well, the, the answer he gives here is very revealing. Jeremiah's response is, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the things you have heard. Jeremiah points out, I'm not here because I have my own agenda or my own message. And it should have been clear for them to see Jeremiah was not benefiting from preaching against the sins of the people. No, Jeremiah says, the Lord sent me. And so it should be seen whenever God's people speak up and speak out against sin that they see in their life and those around them, that it's not their own personal vendetta against their own pet sins or their own sins that they want to cry out against, but rather what the Lord has sent them to speak, his word. And those who hear that word ought to hear it not with indifference because it's so prevalent of a sin, but rather to see it's given with divine purpose. Jeremiah knew that purpose when he says, Reform your ways and actions and obey the Lord, then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster he's pronounced against you. Jeremiah's purpose was always the same, wasn't it? He had been called to tear down and to build up, to preach judgment 
and to preach hope. To preach of the, the sin against the people, but the pardon of their God for those who turn to him. His goal was to share what God wanted for a sinful people who persisted in sin and rebellion. See, God is so gracious, so patient, that he sent the prophets, that he sent Jeremiah. How does God respond to persistent and pervasive sin? By sending his word. Sending his word to call people back to him in repentance and faith. Jesus was also sent. Though he knew all the prophets, as we read earlier, before him were rejected and refused, he knew he would be refused. He came. And the Father sent his Son to a world that had so long rejected him. And Jesus came with the same purpose that all the prophets before him came for, to tear down and to build up, to preach what is true. And in order that he might build up, Jesus, God's Son, was rejected. As we read earlier, yes, Herod wanted to kill him. The prophets, the priests, the people, the princes of the land wanted him dead. And Jesus came to accomplish something extraordinary. He came for a world that rejected him and persisted in sin to take their price. And he was torn as his flesh was torn on the cross. And he suffered for his people who had rejected him. And he did that for us. He did that even for the times where we did not speak his word but began to give up. God himself would never give up with his plan for his people. And God still continues to send, the living Jesus continues to send the message of forgiveness through what he has accomplished. As the word of God is preached, the warning and judgment against sin, but the pardon won by Christ. See, what, what God does is he tells it like it is. Were he to look into the land, he would see no one who on their own does good, not even one but he tells it like it is. He has covered the sin of every one of us in all this world. The prophets, the false prophets, the priest, the lying priest, the people, the princes and rulers, all of those sins covered. God has paid for everyone. God sends his prophets to tell it like it is, to speak the truth of judgment and hope. You know, when he did that with the prophets, he still does it today through you and me. God calls on you to support the preaching of his word and to support the truth. And yes, it, it might mean you're going against the flow. It might mean you're, you're tempted to throw in the towel because you're making very little headway. But God sends you, sends those who preach his word with divine purpose. When you, when you look at Jeremiah here, it might seem like he accomplished nothing. But there was one who supported him. When you get to the end of this chapter, you see one who spoke up and supported Jeremiah the prophet. Even though Jeremiah was almost put to death, it turns out that Ahikam, son of Shapham, supported Jeremiah, and he was not handed over to the people to be put to death. Jeremiah continued for another 20 plus years to speak God's word, and he would continue to the very day when the people were destroyed and the temple was destroyed and the city was gone. God sends his word. God sends his word in grace and patience. And he continues to do that 
And you might say, well, Jeremiah made very little impact. Not only did he touch that man's heart, but 70 years later, a man by the name of Daniel, perhaps you've heard of him, remembered the words of Jeremiah, remembered not just the words of judgment, but hope for those who turn to the Lord. And Daniel held on to those words. And still today, those who hear God's word, judgment and hope, hear of what our God has done. He has done something extraordinary and marvelous. He has come to a people who persisted in pervasive sin. And yet our God, though the sin was so prevalent and though the the sin so long resisted him, he continued in patience and love to reach you, to reach many others. Reaches people through that word. Don't give up the fight. Jesus has won. For all the times we failed to fight and failed to speak up, God would have you never give up the fight. Speak his word. Amen.